This is episode 119. We welcome you to the ADHD Smarter Parenting Podcast. Here to heal and elevate lives is your parenting coach, Siope Kinikini. Welcome to another episode of the Smarter Parenting ADHD Podcast. I'm super happy to be here with you today. Thanks for joining me. Today, we are going to talk about how much normalcy can and should you be giving your child during these chaotic times. So that is a wonderful question, and I know a lot of parents are struggling. There is so much happening in the world. It's pretty chaotic, and we've been feeling it. We hear it. We see it on the news. We are experiencing it. And in fact, I'm going to share with you an experience from a father on the stress that he feels even taking his child to the store. They're, they're just stressful things that are happening And he is doing his best to provide some type of normalcy to what's happening in his own home and helping his child deal with everything that's going on. This podcast is going to be helpful for your child, but also for you. And I think in more particular, I want to focus on how it can be beneficial for you as a parent. Now, we have to ask this question, why is normalcy important? Well, When you're dealing with children who struggle with anxiety, ADHD, or other issues, ODD, oppositional defiant behavior, any of those, or even trauma, one of the best things that you can do as a parent to help them deal with those difficulties and the behaviors that result because of those difficulties is to create an environment that is predictable and that is predetermined ahead of time. And what I mean by that is if you can create an environment of safety, of predictability for your child, they tend to respond a lot better when difficulties arise or outside influences because they know there's a backup plan. They know there's a plan that they should be following and that they should be working towards. That's not an easy task when you're raising children and children change. However, it is a very doable task. So we're going to talk about creating this predictability in your own home and how you as a parent can problem solve to create this predictability. I'm going to introduce you to George and his family. George has three children. And in my communication with George, just the things that were happening in his own family to cause upheaval and almost more chaos. So the chaos that they were experiencing outside of the home translated to chaos that manifested inside of the home. So kids are seeing things out in public or they're seeing things on the news and this causes feelings of unrest and disturbance and then it manifests at home. And parents are dealing with this. This is a very real phenomenon that parents are struggling with. During this podcast, I want you to be able to walk away with a clear plan of how you can create a more predictable environment in your home by giving your child set guidelines on how things are going to operate to create normalcy. Now, remember, I had mentioned before, the reason that normalcy is important is because when you're dealing with children who struggle with anxiety, ADHD, ODD, trauma, One of the best things that you can do as a parent is to provide an environment that is predictable and predetermined, that they know what is going to happen before it happens in order to give them a sense of, hey, this isn't as chaotic as I think it may be, or it's not going to just completely change and flip out. Okay. So the three things that I want you to be able to walk away with during this podcast is I want you to be able to assess the situation 
I want you to problem solve a plan that you can put in place. And the third thing is the execution of that plan. And I'll walk you through this with my experience with George and his family and what they experienced. So let's start off with George. Let's talk about George and his family. He has three children. George contacted me. He works for a different agency that works with children. So we were talking about our experiences during this past year in 2020 and also beginning in 2021. And I don't know about you, but if I could like turn in 2020, I was hoping for a more peaceful year in 2021, but it seems to be a little more chaotic. And George and I were discussing this. We were sharing our own experiences. And George had mentioned that he took his three children to a store, a big box store, to go shopping. And while they were there, they witnessed arguing, arguing from adults. So there were adults that were arguing in the store. First, it started off as screaming and yelling. And then other people jumped in and started screaming and yelling. And it was highly stressful. Now, George just needed to grab a few things, so he tried to move away. But one of his children was transfixed by this whole exchange happening between adults who were screaming and yelling at each other in the middle of the box store. So George obviously went over, got the attention of his child, and they went on their way. And yet, even as they went on their way, they could hear the screaming and the yelling, and the arguing, until one of the people was escorted off of the property at the store. Now, when George was relating this information to me and sharing this with me, he immediately followed it with saying, we returned home, and next thing you know, they are playing, and I hear the same argument happening with my children. It's like his young child mimicked what he was seeing, And it was traumatic. And he sat down and talked with his child about what was happening. Why was he copying what he saw and how it influenced him? And George came to the conclusion that his child was witnessing something and it had become somewhat normal in his overall perception of how the world operates and works and how much chaos it brought into the home. So while I was talking to George about this, we talked about normalcy. In what ways can we? provide a normal environment in the home for a child and help this child grow up in a more healthy and a more productive way. So that brings me to the first thing, assessing the situations. Being able to assess the situations is going to be essential. Now, George and I have known each other for a long time, so we have a lot of background. We have a lot of things that we are interested in that are similar. And George and I talked about a book that we both love. It's called Into Thin Air by John Krakauer. It was printed back in 1997. Uh, It was a best-selling book at that time, and it deals with the ascent of three different companies up Mount Everest. It's a fantastic book. He is a journalist. John Krakauer is a journalist, and he was sent on this trip to document what it was like. This trip that he took up, Mount Everest, was in May of 1996, and unfortunately, it was during his trip that eight people lost their lives, and that's a huge amount of people to lose their lives during one trip up Mount Everest. So George and I, we were talking, and we started talking about other things that we were interested in, and this book came to mind because we had talked about it in depth before, and we were talking 
about how he documented what was happening. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with mountain climbing. Some of you probably are, and some probably aren't. I don't know. But I'm going to share with you some of the more salient points of the book in translation to assessing a situation and then apply it to how George applied it with his family. So John Krakauer is the author of the book, and what he mentions is that he flew in to climb Mount Everest. And in order to climb Mount Everest, because it is so high, it is so high up there, so tall, that you have to do it incrementally. So you start at the bottom of the mountain, and it's beautiful, according to his reports. There's, it's lush, it's green, and as you get up higher, it starts to be less green, there's less plants. You start to notice that there are a lot more rocks. And as you continually go up the mountain, there are certain places that you stop along the way. So you stop the bottom of the mountain to adjust because they were coming at sea level and because the altitude is so high, it's important for your body to acclimatize. Okay, So they would stay at one camp and stay there until they were well enough and their body adjusted to the height and to the pressure and everything going on. They adjusted and then they would go a little bit higher and they would stay there. And in the book, he documents that they stay there for quite a while because as they continually go higher and higher up, their bodies are reacting to the environment that's around them and trying to adjust and trying to work through what is normal. It's trying to create a new normal. Now, eventually you get to a point on the mountain where you can only go like 2,000 feet and then there's another camp. 2,000 feet, there's another camp. The The height of Mount Everest is as tall from sea level as it is the height that a plane usually flies. So it's really high. And to go up super fast would cause a lot of problems, gastrointestinal problems. He reported some people would lose weight. They felt sick. They had headaches. There was a lot going on with their bodies. So in order to acclimatize to these changes, they had to stop and they had to assess the situation. Now, while I was talking to George and we were talking about the book, I reminded him of this whole principle that we on this journey with our children, even without the pandemic, we have to take time to stop and assess where we're at. We need to stop and assess the situation because as we progressively move forward, Things are changing around us. So what is effective when your child is two or three will not be as effective when your child is seven or 12 or 15. So you make adjustments along the way. Now, George has worked with children for a long time. So George is like, yeah, I get that. I get it. So my goal was to help him. Let's assess this overall situation that we're in right now during the pandemic and all the chaos that's happening in the world. We need to take a step back and assess, okay, what is happening in the environment, and in what areas do we have control in order to help us deal with it, help us work through it? What ways can we create a new normal in order for us to move forward? And as we broke this down, we started to realize that we cannot control what is happening outside of our homes. We can't but we can control what is happening inside our homes. 
So we assessed the situation as being like this climb with John Krakauer and the book Into Thin Air, that the environment itself is going to exist, and then in what ways can we adjust to make things a new normal? In the book, John Krakauer talks about getting enough rest and being able to assess your body's ability to adjust to everything that's going on before you continue on, because if you move too fast or too quickly, bad things happen. So we related this to the situation with his children. In what ways can we assess what is happening with our children and then help create a new normal within our home that will later translate to outside of our homes? What things can we make normal in our homes? What activities can we introduce that can be part of normalcy? What traditions can we introduce? Now, there are a couple of ideas that we threw out there of things that we could do, but we were assessing, again, the situation in the home. And then we had to talk about his goals. What are your goals? What do you want to create inside your home? So obviously, as a good parent, George mentioned, he wanted to have a happy family. He wanted his children to get along. He wanted everything to work out well. So we started from that ground area as our base camp and then started to build on that as we progressively moved up this desire to help him establish a more normal home environment that will help their children deal with the emotionality of what's happening in the world around them. We then moved on to problem solving, but before we do, you got to hear this message. Hi, my name is Elizabeth. Did you know Smarter Parenting provides coaching services? We are here to meet your needs. If you need one coaching session a month or three coaching sessions a month, we can help you. Thanks to generous support, we can provide coaching services to families even on a tight budget. A personal coach to guide you through problems you're struggling with with your child. Visit the Smarter Parenting website and go to the coaching page for more information. Welcome back. So we are talking about assessing the situation, and I talked about John Krakauer with George and this book that we mutually loved, Into Thin Air, and climbing and adjusting and allowing us to step back and really assess the situations. In the book itself, there is a lot of that going on where everyone is assessing, because when you're climbing Mount Everest, obviously there's a lot of dangerous things that, that can happen. And in this case, in, in his book, people passed away, people died. And so being able to stop, even when things feel rushed or your life seems spinning out of control, you need to take a step back and assess, assess the situation. So we talked about assessing the situation, but let's move on to problem solving. Once we assess the situation with George, you wanted to create a more normal environment in the home. We had to focus on when. He wanted to focus that energy. And George came with the idea that he wanted to create that feeling at night before his children went to bed because he wanted them to rest well and he wanted them to unwind from the day and address any of the issues that may have popped up during the day at night. So our focus was on a nighttime routine. So then I pulled out the problem-solving skill. So problem solving, the SOTAS method, decision making, as we call it, you can jump over to the Smarter Parenting website and take a look at that. There are specific steps that help parents and help children make better decisions based on their values, things that they are interested in, things that they think are important. 
So instead of being confronted with decisions and just going with the flow, this systematically helps someone determine what is in their best interest in order to come up with a solution. So with George, we started to talk about a nighttime routine. And this was to help de-escalate the children and help them to calm down. The situation was exactly that. Introduce a nighttime routine to help de-escalate the children and help them calm down. Now, for those of you who are new to the podcast, I'm going to explain the SOTA's method really quick and then walk you through what George came up with. Decision-making, SOTA's, the SOTA's method. S-O-D-A-S. Each of those letters in SOTA's stands for something. So SOTA's is an acronym. The first S is situation. So you have to define the situation that you are in where you have to make a decision. The O is options. So you have to come up with three options. What are your three options that you can choose in order to address the situation? D for disadvantages. So after you come up with your three options, you want to come up with the disadvantages for each of those options. And you want to list as many disadvantages as you can based off of those options. So if you have option number one, under disadvantages, you're going to list down what are the disadvantages if I do this. Okay, You'll do that for all three options. Then you'll move on to the A, advantages. So after you list the disadvantages, you want to write down what are the advantages to following through with the three options that you have. So like you did with disadvantages, with advantages, you'll say, okay, so number one, this was my option. What are the advantages if I follow through with this? Boom, 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 boom. List as many as you can. Finally, after you do some evaluation between disadvantages and advantages, you'll come up with the last letter, which is an S for solutions. So that's an easy way to remember. And in fact, we use this skill with children because it's easy for them to understand and comprehend it. So SODAS, the SODAS method is an acronym, situation, option, disadvantages, advantages, and then the eventual solution. So let me explain how it worked with George. George wanted to introduce a nighttime routine to help de-escalate the children and help them calm down. So that was the situation. Then we moved on to options. So the options that he came up with were, number one, first option, was to start the bedtime routine earlier meaning no electronics, no TV, getting things ready for bed at an earlier time frame. At the moment, they were getting their kids ready at around 8 o'clock for them to go to sleep at 8.30. In this case, we wanted to introduce maybe starting bedtime at 7.30 or even 7 o'clock in preparation. So just little things that you would do. Option number one was to start the bedtime routine earlier in the evening. Option number two that he came up with was to incorporate senses to the late-night routine. What he was thinking is, in what ways can I give cues, like cues that the senses can take in? His children will get an idea that, hey, we're starting to unwind for the day. Some of those things I'd mentioned before, but some parents have done this, where they turn off some of the lights in the house so it's a little dimmer in preparation. They may also drop a bubble bath, or they may release some scents in the air. Diffuse some oil if you do essential oils, some parents don't. Um, but just create this overall integration of the senses. So things that children can smell, things that children can see, things that children can feel as part of the bedtime routine. I know one parent as part of the feel 
would have the children grab their favorite teddy bear and just hold the teddy bear. By having that physical contact, it was almost a trigger in their brain that it's almost time to go to bed. So he wanted to incorporate senses. That was the second option. Maybe he should incorporate senses into the late night routine. Now, option number three was he wanted to have a positive experience to end the day with his children. Again, the situation is he wants to introduce a nighttime routine to help de-escalate the children and help them calm down. The options he came up with are, one, start the bedtime routine earlier, two, incorporate senses to the late-night bedtime routine, or three, have a positive family experience. Once we listed those options, we moved to disadvantages. So we chose the first option, start bedtime routine earlier, and then we listed down the disadvantages. Now, I had George do this. So George wrote down the following disadvantage to starting the bedtime routine earlier. Number one, it takes time away from other things George wants to do. Number two, it makes the nighttime routine even longer. Number three, he put, he may lack the motivation to actually do it. I totally get that. You may get to the end of the day and you're like, I don't know, I'm just exhausted. So he put those down as the disadvantages for option number one, start the bedtime routine earlier. Then we went to option number two, incorporate senses to the late night routine. Disadvantages. It takes time to think about what to do. takes time to execute it. may not always have the right things in place to do so. Those are the things that he had put down as disadvantages. Now for the third option, which is have a positive family experience, He listed as disadvantages that it takes time, that he's exhausted by the end of the day, and that if it's a treat, they'll need to brush their teeth again and prepare for bed, and that may actually incite them to be more active and less prepared to go to sleep. I was like, great, George, you listed down the disadvantages to those. Let's look at advantages. So we went with option number one, start the bedtime routine earlier. What are the advantages of doing that? Number one, he put down, it eases the children into bedtime earlier, and it's less stressful and arguing about brushing your teeth, putting on your PJs. If they have more time to do that, then it allows him to address issues as they arise rather than getting upset because he only has allotted a minute for them to do each of these tasks. It eases the children into the bedtime routine. Then we looked at number two, what are the advantages of incorporating senses to the late night routine? He put down, it prepares the environment for him and his children by giving them cues to relax and to get into bed. And then we looked at advantages for number three, having a positive family experience. Well, George, after discussing it, he felt like it would help the children sleep better. It's a greater amount of peace in their home when they can do something that's productive and happy at the end of the day. And it teaches them how to get along. So we just went through a sodas exercise here during the podcast, and this is what George came up with. And as we discussed this, we took a look at the disadvantages, which disadvantages were ones that he just did not like. And then we looked at the advantages, which were the advantages that were most beneficial to him based on his values. What George came up with was he wanted to do all three of them because he felt like they were all great ideas. So then came our opportunity to implement how we can execute this plan. Now, this may not always happen with you. You may actually do problem-solving decision-making as a skill 
and realize that none of the options are great and you don't like any of them. So what you do in that situation is you go back and you come up with three different options and go through the process again. It's not difficult, people. You can do this. And in fact, I have taught children how to use this skill and it is so beneficial. So, so beneficial. I have parents using this method when they implement or come up with ideas for consequences and for rewards. I've had parents use this to plan vacations with their children. I've had parents teach this, you know, and what to have for dinner during the week. You can use this anytime you need to make a decision. And the more you use it and the more you show your children that you're using it, the more your children are going to implement this into their everyday lives. So it's a powerful skill. And you can see how the skill works. There are printable materials on the Smarter Parenting website for decision-making. Problem-solving is a skill. Okay, so go over there and check it out if you can. Now, we have to talk about the execution of the plan. He wanted to do all three of those things, which were start the bedtime routine earlier, incorporate senses into the late night routine, and then to have a positive family experience. So now we're dealing with the execution of the plan. In what ways can George execute this plan? So we had to evaluate what things need to be in place to be sure things go smoothly. And my recommendation to all parents is to write everything down. Write it out. Don't keep it in your head. When you write things out, there is a commitment to it, and you can't go back and change it. I would recommend writing it out on a piece of paper and keeping it somewhere visible. I do not recommend keeping it on your phone or other electronic device, and let me explain why. When you do that and you put it on your phone, you're actually putting it in a place that can get lost. Even though you may have an app that may open up and give you all the information that you need, your phone is a gateway into the world of knowledge and the world of entertainment. So the chances that you go back to something that you've saved previously or that you want to relook at, it's going to be harder to remember to do that rather than having a piece of paper that's stuck on your fridge that you can look at all the time. That's more permanent than keeping it on your phone. So my recommendation is for parents to write all of these things down, things that you want to put into place, and keep it where it's visible. And if you can, especially with children, you want to create them in checklists so you can check them off as they are done. Now, for George, what they did is they started the bedtime routine earlier. They prohibited their children from consuming uh, movies or electronics or any of those things that would stimulate their mind before bed, and they moved it up by half an hour. So when you do that, though, you have to plan ahead and say, okay, if we're going to remove that, what are we going to put in its place? So they started to incorporate senses into the late night routine. Now, to incorporate some of the senses into the late night routine, he wanted to do some stretching exercises. He wanted to introduce his children to yoga. His wife does yoga, and she loves it. And so having some set time for them to do yoga as a family also meets the need of the third option that he had, which is to have a positive family experience at the end of the night. So they were going to do some stretching exercises, you know, lean down, touch their toes, deep breathing. They were going to shift it up throughout the night. So there was 30 minutes where they took out 
any type of TV, electronics, movies, and they had to replace it with things. And they decided to replace it with things that would calm the senses. So they did some diffusing of some scents. They put lavender on the pillows and had the kids help put lavender scents on the pillows to calm them down. They incorporated a night where they did baths instead of uh, showers. So incorporating a bubble bath for the child uh, to help calm them down and soothe and comfort them. They incorporated also reading books. So they were going to read and have soft music playing in the background, dim lights as part of preparing them to go to bed. So they'd have to be in bed lying down. The lights would be dim. They would start up some music and they would read a book. So that's always a fun thing. And I I recommend that when you're reading a book. It's always nice to have a little bit of music in the background because it heightens the dramatics. And I'm not saying music with lyrics. I'm actually referring to soundtracks of movies is always helpful. So listen to soundtracks and find something that's calm or peaceful, a piece of classical music. Play that in the background as you read. So they were incorporating all of these into that 30 minutes that they took away in order to help their children. And then for a positive family experience, one of the things that they wanted to introduce in addition to the yoga was maybe to have a treat night. They were going to make popcorn one night, special night that they would make different kinds of popcorn. This is a low-cost, easy way for a family to engage with each other. So they would look up recipes online. Because you can have popcorn both as a sweet and savory treat. So one of the things would be to have, you know, movie-style popcorn, then try a kettle corn popcorn, or try, you know, a lemon-flavored popcorn. I've had that. That's delicious. There's also been barbecue, barbecue-flavored popcorn. You can go kind of crazy with popcorn because it'll take up any flavor that you have. But what they did is they planned ahead, and they what they wrote down and put on the fridge where every week they would try a different kind of popcorn. And so the kids look forward to that as an activity where they could have a positive family experience, which met the option number three that George had. So he started to list down these things and make them into checklists, the things that he could do, and he planned ahead. Now, the reason that that is important is because, as I mentioned before, when we're creating normalcy in a home and we want to do that, especially with children who struggle with ADHD, anxiety, or other issues, is that children do better in predictable environments. When things are predictable, they are able to adjust and adapt to that. When things are unpredictable, that's where things get kind of crazy. So if you can create this normalcy, how much normalcy can and should you be giving your child? Focus in on the areas where you have the most influence. Now, again, the three things that we talked about during this podcast. Number one, assessing the situations. You have to take time to assess along the way. Okay, This is a long trip up the mountain. This is not a quick trip, and it's not going to stay level. It's going to change and adjust. So at each camp that you're at, like I had mentioned in the book, uh, Into Thin Air, and I only use that example because that's one that George and I both enjoy. We love the book. We thought the book was really great. But each camp along the way helps you to acclimatize to the new normal so you can move on to another new normal 
and as you progressively get better and better. So number one, assess the situations. Take some time, adjust, evaluate what's working, what's not working, what do we need to fix, what do we need to change. Number two, use decision-making, problem-solving as a skill to help you determine how you can move forward, in what ways you are going to move forward, what you want to implement. Number three is execution. Write everything down and make it into a checklist where you can follow the plan. Follow the plan. Now, let me give you a report on George and his family. First off, George reported that by writing it down and keeping it visible for all his children, it actually has made him less tired at the end of the day. And let me tell you why. First off, he doesn't have to think about what needs to be happening. He's actually aware of what is going to transpire. So it alleviates a lot of his thinking energy because it's already predetermined. So this was very helpful for him. Number two, the children held him accountable for what was on the list. So even though he was tired, he knew his children were expecting A, B, and C to occur, and they kept him at his word to follow through with it. And number three, it also helped to teach him and his children to rely on each other and to help each other. They felt a connection and consistency in this environment that's predetermined, that is where they had the most influence on their children and where they could grow as a family. Now, let me tell you about the unintended consequences. We obviously were creating this environment to help create normalcy in the home. One of the things George reported to me as they implement this is that there are deeper conversations happening during popcorn night. They're talking about chaos outside of the home. And the children are comfortable doing that because they feel safe within the home. So they can bring in the outside influences and still discuss it with their parents because within their home, they have created a safety net. They've created this place where the children feel like they can progress and they can ask the hard questions and have their parents listen to them. And they know that their parents will listen and understand and try and help them work through it. That was an unintended consequence that George didn't realize was going to happen as they implemented this whole process. But he is so grateful for the opportunity to create this environment with his family. And it doesn't take long. In fact, you will see changes once you start implementing some of these things in your own family happen within a week, two weeks. You'll start to see changes happening in your children. And your relationship will improve, which is always, always, always something we want to encourage, especially during these crazy times, the chaos that our children are experiencing in the world around us, and that we are feeling ourselves. So in a way, this podcast is about your children, but it's also about you as a parent. You need to find a way to deal with these things and create normalcy in your home. And I've given you steps on how you can do that. Giving you steps. I'm excited to hear how this is going to work out for you. I'm excited to learn more about how you're implementing this. So reach out to me. Reach out and let me know how it's working, how it's going. I'm excited to hear from you. That's it for me for this week. And I will talk to you again next time. See ya.